Welcome to Echo. Happy National Smile Week. Find someone today and show off those pearly whites. Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose? All in one space, it's beautiful. Do us a favor, let us know when you are, where you are watching from. Simply comment below or press that like button. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Stop by at Mayo High School for one of our services at 8.30. 9.30, oh, actually. You can come at 8.30 and say hi. Yeah, we'll be setting up. It'll be good. So 9.30 or 11 on Sundays, and we'd love to meet you. As always, thank you for your obedience to God's word with the giving of your tithe. We have a question for you. When was the last time that you asked God about your giving? We not only believe in the tithe, but we also want to be a generous church. And as you are blessed in your life, God calls you to be a blessing. Would you please consider giving more today, this week, or this month to help Echo be more effective in Rochester and beyond? If you're looking to give, head to our website or text any amount to 84321. Or you can come to church at 93011 and fill out a giving envelope and place it in the giving station in the lobby. Also, thank you for making a difference in this community. Check out the Serve Day recap.
Jesus is the life, the truth and the way. Come on. know that song you heard it before it's called elevation worship it talks about god moving the mountains and him doing it again and again and again so let's this morning let's just reflect on what god has already done for us and what he's going to do for us amen come on let's do this
sing Why Make. us believing these words today is about us living out these words God you are our way maker you are our promise keeper you are the light in the darkness God I pray for every single person in this room today wherever they are God I pray that you will meet them God I pray for the transformation that is taking place right now God I pray for us to take our thoughts captive that you take them and you remove lies from the enemy God I pray for you to be the light in the darkness God Right now, I just pray for every single person in this room for us to cling to these words, to live them out, God. I pray for eternal purpose. God, this is a significant Sunday, a significant summer, God. And I just pray right now that you will continue to move through this place, that you will move through our homes, that you will move through our city, God. And I just pray that you are a God of hope. You are a God of justice. You are a God of life change. You are a God of freedom. Jesus, we declare this in your name. We praise you, God. Some of us here today need to be reminded to give you the glory, to use our words for your glory, God. And I just thank you 
for calling me by name, for calling every single person in this room by name. And I just pray for the people that are in the valley, that are in climbing up the mountain right now. God, I pray that you will equip them, that you will change them. God, I pray that you will show them that they are not alone, that there are people beside them and behind them and in front of them, God. And I just pray for this community that we can grow together, God. You are our way maker. This is not about us, it's about you, and we give you the praise. I pray for us to call your name daily and what it looks like to carry that weight every single day, God. I pray for the people that you are calling us to love, to show love, to show grace, to show mercy today, God. And I just pray for us to be reminded that there is a battle. I pray that we just pause right now and think of our loved ones, our friends, our family who need you who are maybe going through the hardest season of their life, God, and I pray that we can help lead them back to you, God. And I pray whether it's a text or a phone call or a prayer or encouragement, let us rally around each other, God. I thank you for this opportunity to grow. I thank you for this opportunity to be reminded, Jesus, you are our King. You are our Father. You are our friend. You do not leave us in the dark, God. And we thank you for that in your name. Amen. Hey, we're in a series called Rude Jude. Would you mind saying Rude Jude today? Yes. We're, you know, you kind of say it in a rude way a little bit, you know, like Rude Jude. Uh, and uh, last week we talked about uh, Jude one twenty one that says something like this: "Stay in the love of God." That's only the half of that verse. I didn't tell you that last week, and some of you that have your Bibles, you might have noticed that. The second half of that verse says something like this, and this is what we're going to look at today: "As you look for our Lord Jesus Christ to give you mercy, that leads to eternal life." So the full verse is something like this. Stay in God's love as you wait or as you look for our Lord Jesus Christ to give you mercy, the key word for today, mercy that leads to eternal life. And another reference uh, or one of, one of the references of Jesus' teaching is, is found, is found in Matthew 5, 3 through 7. It's, it's a part of the teaching that we know as the Sermon of, on the Mound or Sermon of the Plain. It was actually a message that Jesus preached throughout his ministry here on earth. And, and so it wasn't just those spaces that he would preach this. This was a common message that he repeated himself so that we would get the point. And his point in that message uh, was partly this. How blessed are the poor in spirit? He, in essence, and that's my version, it says some, in some other versions, it says something like, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn and blessed are those who are meek. And then this is the verse that I make, want to make reference to within that teaching that I think is connected with mercy. Is this, how blessed are those who show mercy for they will be shown mercy. Mercy is a funny word. And, and I think if I polled you or I sat down on, and had some coffee with you and asked you to define mercy, we all might have a little bit different rendition. I remember how I used that word when I was a child. My brother and I would wrestle all the time. 
And from time to time, my dad was involved, and part of that wrestling was to try to pin each other, and if you pinned and you brought them to such a level of pain, they might just scream the word mercy. mercy. The other word we used was uncle, and I don't know why we used it. <laughs> Anybody else that way? Or am I? Okay, at least. Okay, so I have, Google that and let me know after service, please. Uh, but it was, it, was, it was a fun thing. For the most part, but I literally got pinned all the time, and I screamed mercy most of my childhood. <laughs> and from time to time, um, when I had the opportunity to pin my brother and actually really, really rip his arm back and as far up his back as possible, I took every second and enjoyed every moment because he deserved it. <laughs> Not really, well, yeah, he kind of did. So. Um. But this mercy idea, I want to kind of look into that word. I I think a lot of us have different, like I said, definitions of of what it is to us. And and, and I just suggest that Jesus actually teaches us pretty clearly what mercy is. But for some reason, we might not have the right thing figured out. So the big question of the day is this, is is, uh, what's your journey to mercy look like? I mean, really, are you on a journey of understanding what Jesus really wants you to understand when it comes to that specific concept. For some of us, we, we understand uh, mercy in some respect because we feel metaphorically or spiritually or emotionally, maybe physically, we have had our arm pushed up our back really, really hard in life. And so we have a certain perspective of what mercy is. Others of you have a perspective of mercy because you are the individual that is literally in life constantly putting pressure on someone to live up to your standards. Ooh, now I'm getting real serious. But what I want to do today is I want to look into uh, some scriptures uh, and really kind of a sandwich of scriptures between, if you have your Bible, open up to Matthew 9 to Matthew 12. It is a concept that, I, that, that, that just jumped off the pages while I was looking into this word mercy. And what I see here between Matthew 9 and Matthew 12 is Jesus's commitment to his followers to truly help them understand this concept. And so what we're going to do is walk through a little bit, uh, and I'm going to show you what Jesus is teaching when it comes to mercy. Now, the context of Matthew 9 is this. Jesus has just healed a paralytic man. And in the process, he has people on the peripheral judging and criticizing him for doing such a thing. That's what this context is. This context of this amazing, merciful activity that's happening for this one individual, yet there are other people sitting on the sideline criticizing and and, and displaying their perspective of what Jesus' intentions is in the first place. In Matthew 9, 13, if you have your Bible, you'll see Jesus is speaking, and he says this, as for you, Now, he's speaking to his disciples, but yet he's speaking to the people around him. As for you, go and learn what this means. And this is what he says. I want mercy rather than animal sacrifice. For I didn't come to call the righteous, but I came to call the sinners. Jesus is trying to teach his disciples a little lesson about 
mercy. And he's going to use it by quoting a verse in the Old Testament in hopes to present a bigger idea of why Jesus is here in the first place. And, and you can find that I want mercy rather than sacrifice in Hosea chapter 6. And just before Hosea chapter 6, Jesus is assuming that his listeners understand the rest of the chapter. Now, you may not know it, but I, I, I would bet you money that, that his listeners then knew what was being said. And this is what it says in Hosea. He's, he's presenting this prophetic message about who he is. It says something like this in Hosea 6.1. It says, come, let us return to the Lord. For he has torn and he will heal us. He has struck and he will bind our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third, he will raise up. I mean, how cool is that? Jesus, in some kind of, low, kind of low, like, chill way, just by presenting this Hosea 6, 6 ver- a verse, he's in essence saying, woo-hoo, here's a little hint. Guess who's going to be raising you up and reviving you and who's going to raise himself? And, and in that, what we find in the rest of Hosea goes something like this, is on the third day, he will raise up and he will live in his presence. Let us know... Let us strive to know the Lord that he will come or then that he will come is as certain as the morning. He will come to us like rain, like the spring rains that water the earth. And what he's saying there is this, in this this arid and very dry land of Israel in that location, the water was very, very important. And Jesus is in essence saying, guess what? I am the one who's going to come and I'm going to bring this mercy in order for you to find life yourself. And what follows is this after Jesus' little comment about, hey, I'd rather see mercy than sacrifices. He goes and he shows what mercy is all about. He begins to show that those people who are thirsty, metaphorically speaking, uh, and what, what, what he can bring to those people in their current Situation And what we find is this, and actually it's one of the most fascinating, I think, verses in Scripture with all these really cool connections between these healings. Uh, Jesus does some awesome things. He, he does this. He, uh, this official comes to Jesus, interrupts him in the midst of teaching and, and in the midst of his agenda for that day. And the official says this, is I've got a 12-year-old daughter at home and she's sick. And unless you come, she will die. And Jesus said, I understand. And he began to make his way there and on the way there to to meet this young little 12-year-old daughter, this woman who has been struck with this blood disorder for 12 years, comes and touches Jesus' hem of his garment and she finds healing. And right after that, he goes and he, he, he raises this young girl from the dead. He brings her from death to life. And and what is awesome, seeing this 12-year-old girl and this 12-year-old woman, or this woman that's 12 years old that has had this blood, or he brings life to both of those individuals like this. And then he goes on, and, and keep this in mind, that Jesus is presenting and teaching people about mercy, but then he's taking his disciples and saying, but come and watch what mercy actually is. 
And what does he do after that? He, he ends up healing two men, two blind men who are on the side of the street. And guess what they yelled to Jesus? Lord, have mercy on me. How cool is scripture? How cool is it that, that there are connections? And so often we, we open up the Bible and, and, and we just kind of read it at the base level, missing some of those awesome and amazing connections. What Jesus is trying to teach you through these healings and these life-changing activities is that, that God's mercy is infinite, infinite and it, is, it, it has a definition that is not known, I think, by the broader culture. As the story goes on, Jesus ends up healing a man who is possessed by a demon who cannot speak, so he is brought life and healing. And then right after that, there's a small little verse that says this, wherever Jesus went, every disease was healed. And I just have to pause and say that this, Jesus is in the business of bringing mercy to your circumstance. It doesn't matter how you came in here. It doesn't matter what kind of sin you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what kind of uh, sickness you might have. It doesn't matter what your emotional state is. It doesn't matter what kind of mistakes you've made in the past. Jesus is here, and he has a certain level of compassion for you that wants to bring mercy to your circumstance. Can I hear an amen from somebody this morning? In verse 36, we see his motive and it says something like this, moved with compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion because he noticed that these people were sheep, were like sheep without shepherds. Jesus is here and he's full of compassion and he's driven on a mission of mercy because he has this steadfast love for you and for the world around you. And so what did Jesus do? He looked at his disciples after teaching and he said, guess what? I'm gonna send you out and you are now on a mission of mercy. And, and what's significant about Jesus's mission of mercy is, is this, is he did not instruct his disciples to leave where he was to go find all these people that didn't quite meet up to the standards in which Jesus wanted them to be or what they wanted them to be and start holding people's arms behind their back, making them scream mercy before they would receive their healing or their blessing. Y'all get what I'm saying there? And so that's exactly what they did. Jesus' disciples were called to leave the teaching and, and, and really the, his presence to, to leave, to not just receive, but also go into the world and go ahead and, and present the same mercy that they've learned and spread it everywhere they go. They were on a mission of mercy. And let me just say this. We are, we're, we're called to be on the same type of mission. And if you don't mind, let me just pause and appreciate a certain group of individuals that are here today. And it's you who work at the Mayo Clinic or at Olmstead Medical Center. You may not know this, but you are in the context of, of a very easily seen mission of Mercy. 
I mean, that's who Jesus sent his disciples to do. Where, where after church, you know what he said? He said, go and find those people who need mercy. And so I just want to remind you, if you work in those spaces, and it doesn't matter if you're a doctor, you're a nurse, or, or, or you work in the food service, or you're in the janitor club, you know, the really cool Facebook group you're all a part of, I know about it, so no one knows about it, but I know about it, and, uh, or, or those who work on, in the administration, and anybody else I forgot, no matter who you are, you are entering into a space where you're supposed to live with this concept of mercy. Now, let me just pause and remind the rest of us that don't work there. You are called to be on a mission of mercy. See, just before Jesus sent out his disciples to go be on mission, he said this one thing in 10 verse 42, Matthew 10 verse 42. He says, whoever gives the little one a cup of water will be ordered. Whoever, not just not just everybody who works in that space I just talked about, but whoever, that means all of us, whoever gives this little one a cup of water will be rewarded. He is quoted as saying this in other places. Whatever you do to the least of these, you do unto me. See, Jesus calls the rest of us to be on mission. And what I want all of us to hear is this today. Don't downplay or minimize your calling to mercy. I wanna remind all of us, no matter where we work, no matter who we come in contact, no matter who we're married to, no matter who we're not married to, no matter where we eat, no matter where we travel, no matter where and who we hang out with, you are on a mission of mercy. And if you're working, it's not really about the paycheck, I, I believe, that matters. It's actually more important about the mission that Jesus has you on. So, so let me ask this question. What is mercy anyway? <laughs> I just sense that when Jesus is teaching his disciples, as, as we read this as people that are hearing this and, and are, in essence, his listeners... We need to see this, that, that mercy is way less about the arm being bent behind our back, but it's actually more about presenting this bigger idea that God actually is calling us to receive his mercy that is free, by the way, so that we might go into the world and live the mercy that we've received. I found this online and found this absolutely fascinating. Mercy in Greek is elios, which is derived from the word for olive oil. And back then, olive oil was used to treat wounds. It was a soothing, comforting, and healing agent. So when we hear the word mercy, we should, we should see it in that light, that mercy is not about bending the arm back, but it's truly unbending the arm and, and, and really being an agent of mercy in people's life. When we speak about mercy in the Old Testament, it's the Hebrew word hesad. And if you go ahead and look into those meaning, it means God's steadfast love. 
So if we're going to understand mercy today, what we need to begin to see that is this is maybe our worldly perspective of, of mercy. And, 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 and I, I grew up in church, okay? So like I, 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 I a lot of times gauged the difference between grace and mercy. I heard those teachings all the time. I would never blame anybody that was teaching, but how I heard it was something like this. Mercy is like God not doing uh, to you what you deserve, and that's death and destruction. <laughs> I think this is a different thing that Jesus is actually trying to teach is, yes, maybe there's some connotations of mercy, and we need to be reminded that Jesus is forgiving us, and yes, we do wrong, and Jesus does need to forgive, but, but this is what Jesus is trying to say in one simple word. Mercy should be seen as kindness, we may not understand the word mercy. Maybe it's not a word that we use a lot today, but if we're going to remember anything today, let's remember this, that we are called to be on a mission of kindness. Brian Zahn writes this about mercy. Jesus is the perfect word of God in form of human life. I want you to hear that. Jesus is the perfect word, capital W, of God in the form of human, a human life. God could not say all he wanted to say in form of a book, so he sent Jesus as his form. Jesus is what God says. Jesus is what God says. So if Moses says practice capital punishment and stone the adulterers, adulterers or other sinners. God says this, listen to Jesus. And what did Jesus say? He says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And if Elijah calls down fire from heaven to burn up his enemies, God says this, listen to Jesus, because Jesus says, listen to, or I mean, love your enemies. And, and I know that's pretty thought-provoking for some of you. For some of you, that might be really messing with your theology, but what you do need to hear is this, is Jesus came to this earth to show us and to live out what mercy truly is, and when I see Jesus, I see compassion, and I see kindness, and I see care, and I see concern for a lost world that needs an answer. After Jesus taught his disciples and after Jesus lived out mercy in front of them, the, the disciples actually went out. And the coolest thing is two by two, they went to different cities and all around that region, people were healed. And I believe they were healed because they entered into the city. They entered into the new spaces and they came in with kindness. But the second thing they came with kindness, they understood that they were called to go into those spaces. And, but they weren't just kind and they weren't just called. They were empowered by Jesus to go to those spaces and to make a difference. And that's the same calling. That is the same empowerment. That's the same type of lifestyle that God wants us to live. He wants us to enter our spaces with kindness, and I, and I believe that if we do that with the power of God and, and, and really, really led by the Holy Spirit, we can make a difference no matter where we go. And then after the disciples, after the disciples um, had gone and did that, they returned to Jesus. And, and I like just like thinking about like, I like reading between the lines 
I mean, if I was the disciples and, and I just, I heard that listening or that, that teaching and it said, go and learn what it means to, you know, I desire kindness or I desire mercy over sacrifice. And then Jesus heals all these people. And then Jesus sends the disciples out one by one and, and they themselves heal. I couldn't imagine the excitement. I couldn't imagine the excitement of bringing uh, the love of God to somebody else. I, I, I couldn't, you know, and, and not just like be super excited back, uh, coming back to Jesus. So I imagine Jesus was walking through this field. This is in context of Matthew 12 and what and how the verse comes up again and the concept of mercy comes up again. And I can just imagine as they're walking through the field, they're eating these grains uh, off the head of grain and, and you've got obviously the critics around them and some of the, the religious leaders of that time watching the disciples. But I could just imagine hearing the disciples talk about the specifics of people being healed, people who are being renewed, people who are being freed. They're being restored by the power and the love of Jesus. And it was by their hand that they were actually the conduits. And, but yet all around them, there were people criticizing them because they were, they were eating on the Sabbath and walking through this field. And, and Jesus decides to address those people. And in Matthew 12, 7, he says, if you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Same thing. You would not have condemned the innocent. I just, you gotta hear this. If we're going to be people of mercy, God is not calling us to be on the sideline critiquing what everybody else is doing wrong. He's actually saying, immerse your life amongst people and live in a kind way within the calling and the, and the position and the workspace that you're supposed to be. And guess what? The power of God will work through you to make a difference no matter where you go. And, and Jesus is, honestly, he just kind of gets fed up with the people that are sitting back just expecting that people have to meet a certain standard before they receive the love of God. And he continues on throughout his life, Jesus' life and ministry, and he keeps presenting these ideas of what matters most. And he says it again in Matthew 23, 23. He says, woe to you. You pay your tithe, but you neglect the weightier matters. And he, and he lists all these things. And one of them is mercy. Can I, can I tell you my rude Jude statement of the day? It's a good one. <laughs> oh, it's not very nice. But I feel like this is what we need to hear today. But my rude Jude statement and gleaning off of what Jude had presented to us through uh, 121 is this, is your religious box checking exercises are worthless if you don't live within God's movement of mercy. I want that to sink in just a little bit. Your religious box checking exercises are worthless if you don't live within God's movement of mercy. I mean, you can come here and you can set up and you can tear down. You can greet at the door. You can make coffee. You can serve in the kids' wing. You can, you can go door-to-door evangelize. You can, go do, you can go and serve the poor. You can do all those things. And if you don't live within the movement of mercy... 
and God's great love and his compassion for you, then you're going to miss what you're doing in the first place. So I have to ask the question as we as a church, us as individuals, where do we go from here? How do we apply this to our life? Well, first, I think we have to admit that none of us are where we're supposed to be when it comes to mercy. Can I hear an amen? (laughs) I love an honest church. And so if we're not exactly where we want to be, then we probably need a reminder to help us get where we want to go. And there is a prayer. It's an ancient prayer that's been prayed literally for hundreds of of years, if not thousands of years. It's known as, today, it's known as the Jesus Prayer. And I want to uh, to really, truly encourage every single one of us to pray this on the daily, if not daily, hourly, if not hourly, maybe as your events of the day go past, maybe when you're driving or maybe when you wake up, maybe when you eat lunch, maybe dinner, maybe when when you're going to bed. I would just love for us to make this prayer a prayer that we would memorize to, to help remind us our condition, but yet remind our remind us of our calling. The Jesus prayer goes something like this as they put it on, on screen here is Lord Jesus Christ. It's simple. Have mercy on me, a sinner. I just wonder in a very practical way, what if we prayed this so often? What if we memorized it that it began to permeate our being? What if it actually changed the way that we live because this was in the forefront and not the background? that the more we understand that we need mercy, that Jesus is the answer, then we can flip that script as we enter the world around us that is not always that kind, not always great to us, a, a context that not is always you know, as perfect as we'd like it to be, and live out really to be on that mission of mercy. So if you have your phone, would you do this? And Kirk, you can leave this on the screen. Would you take a picture of this? I mean, really, can we just live this out? Can we apply our life, uh, apply this to our life? Because I tell you what, sometimes we need a reminder, specifically when we go to Chipotle and they're never open. <laughs> can I hear an amen? And when they are open, can I just tell you this? If we're living within the calling of mercy that God has in your life, if we're living within the calling to kindness that God wants us to resonate with, then guess what? Mercy is not the absence of chewing someone out. It is also the infusing of kindness in that situation. So I brought Chipotle up. I mean, they are never open, really, really. You know, that, again, I'm going to post this online, and hopefully, Chipotle headquarters hears this, and they can fix it. Or not really, but but here, get this: um, when you go into your choice restaurant and you don't get the service that you want, will you be persons of mercy? Even though they did not live up to your standards. Will you be people of kindness? Someone needs to hear that. I mean, can we, confession is good for your soul. You know, the next time you go to McDonald's, okay, nobody goes there. Anyway, I'm kidding. You need to show some kindness. These people are just trying to serve. 
They're trying to survive. Do you know what I'm saying? How about this? When you go into the DMV to transfer the next title, the next car that you go to, how many of you know those ladies? They need some help in there. They need some kindness in that room. I just went, I just went there a couple days ago to transfer something, and, and uh, I went in there actually with the agenda to just display kindness to them. So I asked this lady, like, how is she doing? And when she didn't answer, because she just thought I was another person that was going to be angry and yelling at her, like, you know, I said, no, really, how, how are you doing? I asked about her family. I, I showed her a picture of my Airstream. You know what I'm saying? Like, who really cares about that? But I became like her friend. We could be persons of kindness. How about, how about this for the parents that are in this room? How about displaying some mercy around bedtime? Can I hear an amen <laughs> from all the children? How about this, being people of mercy with your coworkers who aren't living up to your standard? And how about this? It's a great reminder for the, the town that we live in. What about people who are, are, are the lowly? The people that are actually weak? Are we living in mission to meet their needs and to bring kindness and an answer to their situation? Jesus, today we just pause and being on mission, a mission of mercy, understanding our calling to kindness isn't just wrapped around a simple prayer. We get that. God, but remind us on the daily to be people who are kind. People who look past situations or how they look or how they act or what they've done in the past and truly be people that come in by the leading of your Holy Spirit and your power to bring healing to a world that needs your help. Help us be those people in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, would you shout amen? amen. Every, thank you. Thank you, Kaya. I will show you mercy. Echo Church, will you just stand up? Every week we pray a prayer, and it's a remind, it's really truly a reminder of God's great mercy that we will never live up to his standards, but yet he sent his son, Jesus Christ, in an act of kindness and love, compassion and care for us who once was hurting, but once was lost, but has found life through him. We acknowledge that some of you walk. You may have come into this room and you feel far from God and this is just a simple invitation for God to meet you wherever you are. So Echo Church, as some people pray this for the very first time, will we just be the, make this a reminder to be people of mercy, to receive the mercy that Jesus has given us. Let's pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Hey, we're going to sing a song, and it, and it truly is, I love the lyrics. It, it reminds us that even in our desert spaces, God is so merciful and graceful to show us 
honey in our darkest spaces. So let's make this our prayer as the Lord continues his work in you today.
I've been thinking about the idea of kindness all morning and it's pretty cool when we sing that song there's these moments in scripture that are quoted in there and there's this point where David's like God is going to feed us honey from a stone like that's scripture he said, and, and that's just such a, an out there idea and then there's a point where Moses' staff strikes a, a rock at one point and water flows to provide those are moments of God meeting us with an unearned kindness And so when we think about mercy going forward, what I really want you to think about is not just the kindness piece of it, but we didn't earn it and God showed it to us. So what if we took the next step with Chipotle this afternoon, which is where I'm going to lunch. Don't go because I need the line a little shorter. Uh, No, go, go. But a little bit of unearned kindness. There's a couple times the Bible talks about the fact that everybody can be nice to the people who are nice to them. Like the heathen has got that wrapped up. What makes Christians different is our willingness to take care of people, show kindness, and show mercy to people who have done the opposite to us. And I just think that's the kind of church Echo Church is. I gotta say something to the worship team. That freedom chord, the vocals on that is ridiculous. Like, you guys just killed that today. Can we give it up for the worship team? It was maybe the part, I I don't know, I love that song, but I was so looking forward to just that, oh man, it's so good. Uh, I just, I love you guys. I'm totally biased, but I love you guys. Um, A couple other things. We like to celebrate here at Echo. Let's celebrate those that are here for the very first time today. Come on. Let's celebrate those that said the prayer with us for the very first time today and took that step toward God's mercy. Come on. 